Hello, all, and welcome to episode 12 of Geeks and Games. I'm Tiger, and I'm joined, as always, by Yoshimitsu. Thanks for coming. Hello. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. Um, I know this is a little bit abrupt, but before we get into the special segment of this episode, there are a couple of news items I wanted to touch on. First off, in Osaka, Japan, I think that's where it is. Super Nintendo World has officially opened. The Nintendo theme park is finally here. I don't think many people are going to be able to visit it because of current world event. The nameless one. I think in like 2023 or something, it's coming to Universal Studios California and Florida. So that's pretty cool. Actually, a couple of anniversaries I wanted to touch on. I mean, this episode is also an anniversary celebration, but there are two others I wanted to cover. So in March 9th, I should have covered this a couple of episodes ago. Um, Super Mario RPG celebrated its 25th anniversary. I played through some of it and it's pretty good, but... Like with Mother 3, which I was discussing with Yoshimitsu before we started recording, I can't seem to get past a boss, so what I might have to do is, he says I need to start grinding by going back through and defeating enemies so I can upgrade my levels. Because I tend to avoid enemies that I can, like I go through half of them. That might be the problem I've had with RPGs is I'm just not powerful enough to get through the bosses. So Yeah, so with RPGs, you can usually get through some of the earlier bosses just by running past all the enemies and just going toe-to-toe against the bosses. Uh, however, as you progress through the game, the bosses get a lot stronger. So you also need to do a bunch of grinding against lower-tiered enemies. Uh, so you can actually keep up with the bosses. Otherwise, you're going to be going up against right. a boss who will destroy you in two shots, and you're just not going to be ready. All right. I'll make sure to keep that in mind once I get through it. Um, next up, Animal Crossing's Animal Crossing New Horizons has been on the Switch's market for a year, about by the time of recording, because it launched on March 20th of last year, and it was just what most Switch owners trapped at home needed. I really like the concept of the Animal Crossing series because the way it works is it uses the system's in-game clock or the cartridges in the case of the original Animal Crossing, which is called Animal Forest on the Nintendo 64. It was updated to the GameCube sometime later. and You you don't happen to know uh, how many copies Animal Crossing has sold at um, New Horizons. How much? I just checked... uh, as of February 1st, 2021, it has sold 31.8 million copies. Oh, that's a lot. I think, like, the best-selling game of the Switch is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, if I remember right. But that's, like, at least top 10. GameCube games themselves have gotten a lot more expensive. I've ranted about this a couple of times before, but now the people that played the GameCube when they were young have now grown up and want to revisit their childhood and Unfortunately, GameCube games are super expensive, and the one I want to play the most, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, is like among the most expensive of them at like between $90 to $120 on average, unfortunately. Oh, also, there was an error I made in the last episode that I wanted to correct. Well, it wasn't really an error, but it's something I wanted to note. So Final Fantasy 1 through 3 were released on the Famicom back in Japan. And then Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6 released on the Super Famicom, but 
not all of them made it to the states. So when Final Fantasy VI came to America, it was known as Final Fantasy III there, but the true Final Fantasy III, as we really know, actually came on the Famicom, as I just mentioned earlier. So by the time Final Fantasy VII was out, the two Final Fantasies that were out was... Final Fantasy 4, which came to America as Final Fantasy 2, and the original Final Fantasy, which were both released in America. And then Final Fantasy 7 released on the PlayStation a bit later. But anyway, my apologies to hardcore Final Fantasy fans out there. But anyway, the this episode is going to be a special celebration, and you'll see why after we go through our years in gaming. I mean, you probably already figured out by the title, but anyway, take it away, Yoshimitsu. Okay, so for today's years in gaming was 1991, quite a big year. Uh, so February 22nd, Double Dragon 3, The Sacred Stones was released. February 22nd, Rad Mobile, uh, which was the first appearance of Sonic, was released. March, at some point, uh, Street Fighter was released, and at some point during June, uh, Battletoads was released. June 21st, Ninja Gaiden 3 was released. And June 23rd, Sonic the Hedgehog. I do. Uh, June 28th, Bomberman 2 was released. Uh, July 19th, Final Fantasy 4. August 2nd, uh, Streets of Rage. I feel like we should be commemorating that, but... <laughs> um, well, if we have time, I'll go through the Streets of Rage games as well. It's like an honorable mention. All addendum. four of them. Okay. September 20th, uh, NES Open Tournament Golf was released, uh, but it didn't come out in North America until uh, the 29th. October 31st, Super Castlevania 4 was released. Good soundtrack. Uh, wasn't released in the U.S., though, until December 4th. Um, November 5th, Kid Icarus, or, yeah, Icarus, of Myths and Monsters. November 21st, Link to the Past. Uh, that wasn't released in the U.S., though, until April 13th of 92. November, uh, at some point, Metroid Return of Samus, GB. Uh, that stands for Game Boy. Oh, okay, thank you. That's what it came out on. December 6th, Mega Man 4 was released, but... Uh, in the U.S. It was released uh, January in 1992. December 14th, Yoshi was released. December, uh, at some point, Monkey Island 2, Lay Chuck's Revenge. And then at some point during that year, uh, Fatal Fury, King of Fighters, as well as Golden Axe 2 were released. All right, so there are quite a few things to go over here. So... First off, regarding the last one you just mentioned, so SNK's console, the Neo Geo, which it was released as both an arcade game thing that you could insert cartridges into, but also a regular-sized console, and it was mainly known for its fighting games. And the three series was um, Fatal Fury, which introduced the character of Terry Bogard, which made his way to Smash Bros. recently. The King of Fighters... And the art of fighting. I think the King of Fighters was like a, a crossover between the two series. But anyway, as you could probably tell, so what we're doing is commemorating Sonic the Hedgehog, who made his appearance in Rad Mobile. So 
it's technically his first appearance, but it's a very odd first appearance. So it's a racing game that was released in arcades, and it was made by Sega, of course. So Sonic is an air freshener in the corner of the car's windshield. If you look at like the top left corner. Oh, I thought you were insulting the Sonic games, just saying he's kind of just like that air freshener you have in the corner of your dashboard. No, 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 no. I was <laughs> saying that Sonic's first appearance was literally as an air freshener. No, I figured that out. <laughs> but um, so something that I would compare Sonic to is because I said that um, video game companies were like families. Nintendo would be the uh, fun uncle and Sega would be kind of like the cool teenager. So that was technically his first appearance. That was pretty cool. But anyway, there are a couple of things I want to go through regarding what you just said in Years in Game Move before we go through the rest of the Sonic games. With Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters, just like Metroid 2, it was a sequel to an NES game that was released on the Game Boy, and it is only one of three Kid Icarus games. The original Kid Icarus released on the NES, of course. The second one of Myths and Monsters on the Game Boy. And Kid Icarus Uprising released on the 3DS, but not a lot of people like it because it has clunky controls, so I've heard. And Yoshi is a puzzle game. And A Link to the Past is regarded as one of the best Legend of Zelda games, and NES Open Tournament Golf inspired one of Mario's Smash Bros. outfits. But anyway, um, time to stop rambling and get on to the Sonic games. So, the first one to cover is, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog, other than Rad Mobile, which we just covered. It was released on the Sega Genesis in 1991. It was also the first appearance of Dr. Eggman, and that boss battle is super iconic, yet so easy. And it is one of, I want to say, like, three Sonic games on this list that I've actually played. So, Christian Whitehead is this guy who sort of ported the Sonic games to mobile, and I played both this one and Sonic CD. So, Labyrinth Zone took a while to get through, but... Anyway, it was taking it was just taking up valuable space on my iPod, so I wanted to delete it so I could play other games. There are multiple other ways to play Sonic the Hedgehog. What did you download after deleting Sonic the Hedgehog? This will vastly alter my opinion of you depending on what you say. Honestly, <laughs> I think it might have been Among Us. Okay. And, and it's a yeah, game that, us vamps played together. Yeah, that that was that's fun. We should do that again sometime. Anyways, continue. Another part of the reason was I take a bunch of photos on my iPod and I do it to save space. Yoshimitsu's looking at me with contempt. No, just questionability. There is something else I wanted to mention about Sonic the Hedgehog. So, unfortunately, we did not cover these consoles in previous years in gaming, but the Genesis was not Sega's first console, as the name suggests. So... Sega's first console was called the SG-1000, but barely anybody knows about it. And then they released the Sega Master System, which is much better known. And Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 both have 8-bit ports on the Master System. But I think what I've heard is, like, the best game for the Master System is, like, an Alex Kid game. He was, like, the Sega mascot before Sonic took over. 
Anyway, one of my favorite things about Sonic is when you start the game, he wags his finger at you like he doesn't like you. And when you just leave him alone, he taps his foot. I love those animations. Kind of just a cute little. Yeah. And actually, I don't know if this is still there, but for a while when you looked up Sonic the Hedgehog as the character on Google, there was a little image of him that popped up right next to his name. And if you clicked on it, it would like him make a little noise and he would jump and then he would play the foot tapping animation. And yeah, I'm pretty sure there was also a way like he would get rings when you would do that. And eventually, if you did it enough times, he would turn into supersonic. I don't think supersonic was in the original Sonic the Hedgehog. No, he came but... back in later games. So Sonic the Hedgehog actually got multiple re-releases um the most recent of which is as part of the sega ages series on the switch so if you want to play the original you can play it there actually sega backwards is ages so that is a amazingly clever thing also i encourage our listeners to look up original dr robotnik and he looks kind of like a walrus because he has like two yellow lines coming down from his mustache Actually, the um, Sega wanted to make a game about U.S. presidents, but then they kind of scrapped the idea because they didn't think it would sell well with kids. But apparently Dr. Eggman's design was based on that of President Teddy Roosevelt. I thought that was pretty interesting. I can kind of see that, I guess. Yeah, a little bit, but Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, Theodore Roosevelt wasn't bald, and he had a chain coming from his glasses and was basically a nicer guy than Dr. Eggman. Yeah, also not as fat. (laughs) Um, Actually, Theodore Roosevelt, um, he gave a speech, and then some guy shot him in the middle of the speech. Like, after then he heard that um, he knew that the bullet wasn't going to kill him. So he continued giving the speech for like 80 minutes before seeking medical help. It might have not been exactly that story, but it was pretty cool. Anyway, moving on to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which was released in 1992 for the Genesis and the Master System as well. So anyway, this was the first game where if you collected all the Chaos Emeralds and you could collect the Chaos Emeralds by getting a hundred rings and at the end of the stage i think you only had to do it seven times because there are only like seven chaos emeralds right yeah i remember something like that i didn't know about the chaos emeralds i've played that game but i never got past chemical plant zone act two i just could not get out of the water (laughs) oh well that kills you very fast yeah Actually, in a Nathaniel Bandy video, Sonic the Hedgehog triggers video. He's like, "Um, this is the only this is the only video game I've ever played where drowning gives me anxiety." Because when you start drowning, this very tense music comes on and goes da 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 because it's like warning you that you're going to drown soon. Yeah, it it's intense. Also, quite annoying considering how many times I've had to listen to that. It has gotten on my nerves. Anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 introduced the character of Tails, which some people see as annoying, but he can he's actually really helpful with uh, sort of having lifting Sonic into the air when he needs to, and I think you can play it in two-player mode, right? Yeah. Actually, fun little snippet about Tails. His real name is Miles Prower, which yeah. is a very... <laughs> I kind of find it annoying pun on the phrase miles per hour. It, yeah, I think that's um really clever. I think m- some people see it as 
the best game, Sonic game ever. Actually, you Soundtrack can play. Soundtrack is very good for both one and two. You can actually play Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as Knuckles if you have the Sega CD, Sega 32X, the special Sonic and Knuckles adapter, and the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 cartridge. I mean, you have to have all those things if you want to play as Knuckles in that game, but I mean, I guess it's worth it if you're that big of a fan of Knuckles. I'm not, but. He has a cool character design. Probably going to get a lot of hate mail. <laughs> um, and anyway, the next game in the series is Sonic CD. And one of the oddest things about this is we covered this in the video game mysteries episode. But when you go to the sound test menu and input a very specific set of words, you'll go to like a sort of like creepy version of the home menu where it's like a bunch of Sonics in the background, but they have like a mustached face on them and it's a string of text in Japanese and it says like I'm um, created by Majin or something who was a developer at Sega. Um, another interesting thing about Sonic CD is apparently I've heard that like the game over music is super creepy, not the Japanese version, but the uh, American version. Um, Nathaniel Bandy mentioned this in his how Sonic CD triggers you, but. I mean, he did put in kind of a jump scare with like Sonic.exe jumping out when that oh, no. music played. And Sonic.exe is one of those internet scary stories called creepy pastas that kind of became a meme on the internet. You know, clickbait YouTube videos like Granny Roblox challenged Sonic.exe at 3 a.m., something like that. Uh, anyways, back to Sonic 2. Sonic 2. Oh, did I not finish Sonic 2? I told you I went no, on. No, and you completely skipped Sonic 3. Sonic CD released before Sonic 3. I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm so um, sorry. Oh, were, were there some things about uh, Sonic 2 that I missed? I don't know. I, I didn't realize you were done. I apologize to our listeners. I just know that is okay. the games kind of well. Not that well. Or their release dates. I know the so. games minimally well, so you know them a little bit better than me. And I doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic CD was also the first appearance of Metal Sonic. The next game in our intrepid Sonic adventure is Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which released for the Genesis in 1994 and introduced the character of Knuckles. And actually, like, a kind of sort of different version of this game called Sonic and Knuckles inspired the and Knuckles meme that a lot of people used. Because of lock-on technology on the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, if I remember correctly, you can put the Sonic the Hedgehog 3 thing in that. I mentioned that earlier with the Sonic 2. But Sonic 3 and Knuckles was supposed to be one game, but then it got split up into two different games. So that was interesting. And then I think after beating the game, you can play as... No, you can't play as Knuckles. Knuckles is a villain in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, but he's a playable character in Sonic and Knuckles, which I'll get to right now. And Sonic and Knuckles, like I said, the first playable appearance of Knuckles. Sadly, Tails is not playable in this game. Like I said, I don't know much about it. Honestly, in the second Sonic the Hedgehog... You can have Tails just follow you around throughout the game, which he does, but he doesn't really do much other than get you a few extra rings and bop some enemies as you're running uh, past them. So, All right. 
There was another thing I wanted to touch on regarding Sega. I might get to it later, but I also wanted to mention that Sega released this device called the Sega Nomad, so you could play Genesis games on the go. It was kind of like an early, early version of like the Nintendo Switch, but not really since it didn't plug into a dock like the Switch does. But anyway, the next game I want to get into, which most of you have probably never heard of, is Sonic Triple Trouble, which released on the Sega Game Gear in 1994 and introduced the character of Fang the Sniper. He was originally known as Knack the Weasel in that game. And the Sega Game Gear was regarded as not that good, despite Sega's ads were claiming it as, like, better than the Game Boy. But the Game Boy, despite its worse screen quality, not as good of a backlight, it had a much better battery life and much better games. And Sonic Drift is a racing game that was also released on the Game Gear and is regarded as one of the worst Sonic games ever made. We'll get into a couple of those really bad ones in a minute. But anyway, after Sonic Triple Trouble, we have Sonic 3D Blast, which is a isometric game that was released on the Genesis in 1996. I guess it was kind of trying to ride on the heels of Super Mario 64's popularity. With every game on this list, if you want to find out more and don't know much about Sonic, go to Sonic Wiki and look at those games because the people who write these know their stuff, and I do not know that much. There are these little bird characters called Flickies in there. The next game I wanted to tackle is Sonic R, which was released on the Sega Saturn in 1997. Not many of you may know what the Sega Saturn is, so it was released between the releases of the Genesis and the Dreamcast, and was it could play optical discs, but it didn't sell that well, and games are crazy expensive for it right now. Hmm. Anyway, so Sonic R is a racing game where you run. It's not like a kart racer you run, unless you're playing as Amy in that game because she has a car. I'm going to point um, out Sonic is fast enough. He doesn't really need a car. Exactly. So. So, which is why they didn't do that. And if you don't own a Sega Saturn, like the only way to play it is through these things called the, so the Sonic Arcade Collection, Sonic Speed Pack, and Sonic Action Packs, which are released for PC back in the early 2000s. And... You can also play it on the Nintendo GameCube and PlayStation 2 game Sonic Gems Collection. Anyway, I wanted to bring this up because it's like an oddball little game that I thought was cool. It also introduced the character of Metal Knuckles. So epic. Anyway, the next game, one of the most famous Sonic games, Sonic Adventure, which was released on the Dreamcast and then later the GameCube is Sonic Adventure DX. Later that year, it has a bunch of funny, weird glitches in the cutscenes. Like there are people who talk when their mouths aren't moving. People walk through people in some cutscenes. Again, like I said, with the other thing, if you want to get more in depth with that, check out the Nathaniel Bandy video that he did, his triggered video on that game. It introduced the character of Chaos, which is like, um, of transparent blue guy with his with a brain that you can see through his head. There's also like a pretty famous thing in it called the Emerald Coast where there's a killer whale that jumps out while he's running. Um pretty cool visual inclusion but 
I I was looking at something. What game is this? Sonic Adventure. Uh, this is, I have actually played that. Yeah. This is bit. also the first appearance of Big the Cat, who is kind of like the butt of many a joke in the Sonic world. He's a weird character, but yeah. on the other hand, it's the game centered around a hedgehog who runs super fast. So, I mean. Yeah. And the next game I wanted to cover is Sonic Adventure 2, which um, I think Yosh- we talked about this way back in episode one, but Yoshimitsu has said that uh, he liked the level City Escape, which is regarded as like one of the best video game levels ever and probably like the best level in the game. It was also released later on the GameCube as Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I don't think there was, other than an updated version of the original Dreamcast game, there was nothing much added to it and to be it, fair i have never gotten past that level of of uh sonic adventure 2 uh the boss for some reason i could never beat it i beat it once and then i wasn't allowed to play the game any further because my parents told me it was enough um cool. and i haven't played it since but my oh, brother well. and i would love to just play that stage over and over again so we could ride down the hill and smash cars <laughs> it is pretty that's fun all we that. do and we're Actually, so bad I actually saw a mod of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, I think it was, where somebody modded the City Escape into that game. Anyway. I, <laughs> I can see that, sadly. Yeah. Oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> um. Anyway, Shadow the Hedgehog, this game is his first appearance, as is it is also Rouge the Bat's first appearance, and Shadow the Hedgehog got his own game, which is not on this list, but is also regarded as a pretty bad Sonic game. Actually, Rouge most Sonic games are bad. bad. And what? I don't get why she's called Rouge the Bat. She's really not. <laughs> she's not a bat. Well, I mean, she has bat-like ears and has wings, so Sonic doesn't look like a real hedgehog. So. I must be thinking of someone else then. All right. Um, there is one other game I wanted to talk about that I'll probably talk about again when we get to the Sega 32X, but one of the few games released for the Sega 32X, I think there were only 32 games released for it, funny enough, but Knuckles Chaotix is a game that stars Knuckles in this ragtag trio of people, which is like um, SBO, the Chameleon, Vector, the Crocodile, and Charmy B. Anyway, the next game in I wanted to talk about is the Sonic Advance series, which was released on the Game Boy Advance. So the first one was released in 2001, the second in 2002, and the third in 2004. Sonic the Hedgehog itself, the original game, also got a Game Boy Advance part that is also seen as really, really bad. But, actually, and there was a sequel series to this called Sonic Rush on the DS. There was Sonic Rush and Sonic Rush Adventure. But I'm I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So I think Sonic Advance 2, if I remember correctly, was the first appearance of Cream the Rabbit, which I thought was pretty cool. Anyway, moving on, we have... Sonic Heroes on the GameCube, which is kind of Sonic Adventure 3, I guess, if you want to get technical. Well, it wasn't just the GameCube. It was also released on the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and PC. Nothing much to say about that. The next game is Sonic Rush, which I just touched on, and this year's was the first appearance of... Oh, what was her name? Blaze the Cat. I've never played those games. I should. And right after that, we have a game that we talked about in the worst games ever list, Sonic the Hedgehog, but not the original one, the version released in 
2006 for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. This game has a number of glitches, absurdly long loading times, and there's also a scene where a human girl kisses Sonic while he's either sleeping or dead in that moment, and then he, like, comes back to life and he's super Sonic, because that makes sense. Yeah, I've read about that, and uh, it's weird. And... There's actually this YouTuber I watched named Nintendo did this video called it was like the bad game challenge and Nathaniel Bandy's on that funny enough and in it he they play through Sonic 06 and there are a lot of glitches in that game. This game was also the first appearance of Silver the Hedgehog. Um the next game is Sonic Rush Adventure. I think this one might have been the first appearance of Blaze the Cat. Nope, Sonic Rush was, in fact, the first appearance of Blaze the Cat. Sonic Rush Adventure is just a sequel, and yeah, nothing much to say about this one. Moving on to the next one, I'm going to touch on the... There's Sonic the Hedgehog 4, which is also a pretty bad Sonic game. I feel like half the games I've talked about at this point in the series are bad. Many games in the Sonic series are seen as bad. In fact... The two series that Sega has made that they seem to be only focusing on is like Yakuza and Sonic. None of their uh, older series seem to be being used, you know, like Streets of Rage, Gunstar Heroes, Golden Axe. None of those have been brought back. To be fair, there's not much they can do with Gunstar Heroes. Well, I mean, they've got a point there, but I mean, with Streets of Rage, at least Streets of Rage 4 released a while ago. Well, no, yeah, Street- thank goodness they did that. Streets of Rage 4 was great. Is Streets of Rage a Sega game? Yeah. Okay, it is. All right, well, I just wanted to make sure. Anyway, it's been a long time since, like, the first quote-unquote official game in the original Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. So now moving on, we have Sonic the Hedgehog 4. And Sonic the Hedgehog 4 is a 2D game, but the way the physics work in that game is kind of confusing and wonky, I guess, best way to put it. So they had made episode one, episode two, and I think episode two kind of ended on a cliffhanger because they were planning on making an episode three, but in the end, they didn't. And then we have Sonic Colors, which was released on the Wii, and it was also released on the DS, but anyway, the bonus stages in those games are seen as really bad. And one of the interesting things in that game is there are these little alien guys that sonic can use to his advantage that help him around the levels give him different abilities and whatnot i think that's pretty cool and after sonic colors we have sonic generations which was released for the xbox 360 in 2011 and this brought back the design of classic sonic alongside the newer more revamped design of sonic There was also a version of this released on the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, I guess nothing much to say about that one. Sonic Forces, which came out in 2017, kind of elaborated on this concept a bit more. And there was also an app version of Sonic Forces. So anyway, moving into Sonic Forces, the main villain, Infinite. Well, the main villain's named Infinite, which is a pretty cool name for a boss, not gonna lie. And it brings back a lot of designs from classic sonic games and green hill zone is pretty overused and the last game i wanted to mention is sonic mania and holy cow fans love this game and i haven't really played it but i think it looks pretty cool it like brought back the design of the classic sonic games and actually somebody made a mod of this game called mario mania where 
um, it's like the Sonic stages, but you can play as Mario and Luigi instead of Sonic and Tails. And you fight uh, Mario bosses coded to the original bosses designs. And it, it's pretty cool. But anyway, enough with the rambling. That is all of the Sonic games that I had ready in my list. Do you, Yoshimitsu, do you have any others that I feel like I should have mentioned? Yeah, um, I only know it by the soundtrack. There's a game called Sonic Spinball. I think that was one of the last games released for the Sega Master System in general, but it's a puzzle game. There's also a Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which is also a pretty famous puzzle game, which they actually incorporated into Sonic Mania, funny enough. I forgot about that game. Uh, that also has a very good soundtrack. It's how I know a lot of games. So, yeah. Happy birthday, Sonic. I'm sorry I didn't know that much about your games, but I promise that next time I do an anniversary, I'll do more research. I was more into the Mario one because Mario is my bread and butter. I yeah. I know it like the back of my hand. Sonic, I don't really play that much. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is one more Sonic game I wanted to mention, and I have it on my iPod right now. It's Sonic Dash. It's like an infinite runner, kind of like Temple Run. Yeah, it's basically Temple Run, but with Sonic. And it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Anyway, since it's also Streets of Rage's anniversary, I'm going to do a surprise anniversary. I didn't plan this ahead, but now that you mentioned it, Yoshimitsu, I want to do that. But I also want to mention all the Streets of Rage games and what little I know about them. I mean, technically, it's not the anniversary. It's the year in gaming. Yeah. Yeah. So we're celebrating it through the years in gaming. I mean, this first Sonic the Hedgehog came out in... February. So anyway, Streets of Rage, the original, came out in 1991. In the original game, it's it's a beat 'em up, pretty famous one as well. It was yes. released after getting released in arcades. They had eight bit versions released on the Sega Game Gear and Sega Master System. And of course, there have been many, many ports of it to Scratch, but we ignore that. Yeah, well, <laughs> Scratch games aren't official. <laughs> they are not canon. No. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, the next game is Streets of Rage 2. So basically, the main characters from the original game return. It takes place a year after the original, released on the Sega Genesis in 92. Let me just say, both of those uh, soundtracks are very, very good. Uh, Streets of Rage 2 is the second best in that series. Uh, but I'll explain why on that later. And after that, we have Streets of Rage 3, which is released in 1994. It's like a much more elaborate continuation of the series. Well, elaborate in that it has a lot more character development and other things. Probably should have mentioned the names of the main characters. So Axel Stone, Blaze Fielding, and Eddie Skate Hunter are like the main characters in the series. Not Eddie. <laughs> Not Eddie. No. Okay, well, so he's in the third. He's in the he's one of the main characters in both two and three. However, in the first one, it's his older brother. <laughs> it's his older brother Adam, who um Thank you for the very, clarification. Very cool character. I love his character. Thanks. All um, right. Yeah. And this is so, the technically the last game in the original Streets of Rage series. Oh, actually. Sega didn't technically develop Streets of Rage 4. It was 
created by another studio, but yeah. Anyway, moving on. Streets of Rage Four. The um Blaze, Axel, and Adam all come back to defeat the villain of the series, Mr. X. So this yep. game came out in April of 2020. So celebrating Very the anniversary good. at the end of next month. It's the best one out of that series. Uh, definitely one of my favorite games of all time as well, as I've said in the past. Uh, soundtrack is amazing. Adam doesn't actually come into the game. You don't play as him until after the fourth chapter. So actually, one of the optional players are his daughter. Uh, and then also a character named uh, Floyd or Lloyd, not sure. Um, but he's kind of like... He's the big bruiser sort of person. He has giant robot arms. Uh, and then real quickly wanted to add in uh, Streets of Rage 3, they had a character named Dr. Zan, who is, he's kind of like uh, Floyd, but a, a bit weaker. And then in Streets of Rage 2, uh, they had a guy named Max. He was a really big guy as well. All right. Keep swapping out the bruisers. You know a lot more about uh, Sega's history than I do. That doesn't say much. Yeah, like I said in the last episode, I'm a Nintendo guy, you're a Sega guy, and I tried to do something special for Sonic's anniversary, and I failed. No, you, you did well. Well, not failed, but, you know. I couldn't have done very well myself. But um, anyway, before we wrap this episode, I did get one bit of fan mail from our listener who wrote in for the second episode. And Dragon Slayer, known as Dragon, as you see, they want us to call. Um, it says, Hello, Dragon here again. I was wondering if you guys ever played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I have, and I think you guys might like it. So, have you played it? I have not. Uh, I've heard it is probably the best Zelda game. Uh, I've heard nothing but praise about it. And um, I haven't really played much of the Zelda series, I haven't really had the chance to. Uh, but I, if I could, I would definitely go check that out, or I'd probably be grinding on Minecraft. So, <laughs> I want to, but I kind of want to play through the uh, original 3D Zelda games first. Like, I played some of the original Legend of Zelda, and it was just very confusing for me. Might have to read a guide online while I do it, because it's, like, very intricate. You have to go through levels and find things, and it's all this stuff yeah it's actually a very popular thing uh on lego ideas a lot of uh 10k products have been based off of uh, breath of the wild yeah very well designed product uh products unfortunately because how many different people have added ideas in the past year out of like 30 projects that people have made for lego ideas um lego only chose one yeah, that it was, was like a, a Van Gogh painting. And thankfully, there is a bad project. But actually, speaking of Lego, there was one thing I wanted to touch on. So I feel like whenever we do like an anniversary special like this, we should talk about merchandise that was oh, made for it. Yes. And anyway, I don't tech. I don't really own any Sonic merchandise, but I did want to talk about Sonic Lego sets. So anyway, technically, he only has one Lego set right now. So it's Lego uh, Dimension. Yeah. Well, I was talking about the Lego Dimensions thing. Oh, okay. So back when the Toys to Life thing was all the rage, I actually got Lego Dimensions a couple of years ago from my grandmother, and it's pretty glitchy, but it's really fun. 
and I didn't get the Sonic one because that one is like the most expensive to find on Amazon. It's like $40, $40 last time I checked. It might be more expensive now. And the, it originally retailed for like 25 if I remember correctly. But anyway, it's pretty cool. It comes with a plane in Sonic's car and then the Sonic minifigure, which is the coolest part of it all. And I did this thing a while ago where I try to create every Smash Bros. fighter as a Lego character. And that I kind of made it easy for you. And uh, I created this. Oh, yeah. To use the Captain America. And... Yeah. So I use I use the head for Captain America. I use the hair from a character called Proxima Midnight from the Avengers Infinity War sets and it has black horns and long blue hair which actually surprisingly works then I just use blue legs with red boots and then some tan arms with white gloves and then a blue torso turned out pretty okay considering but you um, had to work with yeah anyway that about wraps up this subpar <laughs> episode <laughs> and you're missing no, something oh what uh, merchandise Oh, Lego okay. ideas. Yes. I've mentioned this before. Uh, a 10K product recently got approved. Thankfully, that was it was kind of on the fence for a while. But Lego has decided to approve the creation of a Sonic the Hedgehog set, which uh, I am happy about. I know it's going to make a lot of Zelda fans mad because um, there yeah, have been many, many 10K products of uh, Zelda things that have been rejected which is kind of a shame um i'm just glad though that they've actually uh, accepted this 10k product idea so at some point uh probably within the next year and a half because uh it takes a while for them to design these things which is understandable but uh there will be a lego ideas sonic the hedgehog set so All right. that's pretty cool um with breath of the wild i think the reason nintendo won't let people do those is because they have plans for zelda in the future because i had i did this thing where i created nintendo consoles out of lego pieces and i submitted that onto lego ideas so many times with so many different revisions taking out minifigures adding minifigures taking out consoles and whatnot and i just can't understand what i'm doing wrong because i try to submit a calvin and hobbs thing a couple of years back too it said it wouldn't work because it worked like a battle pack but anyway that about wraps up uh this episode of geeks and games yoshimitsu where can people find you uh people can find me on lego ideas as hmm that's a capital h followed by seven n's uh if you supported me and uh, follow, uh by following me and supporting my products uh that would be uh much appreciated i um, deeply appreciate every support i get uh other than that i can be found uh, most places where plague is uh under the name specter van uh tiger where can people find you you can also find me on lego ideas as woodstock 05 and you can find me on the coding website scratch which we mentioned a little bit ago also as woodstock 05 i have some very amazing things in the pipeline that may come out in like the next two months or something I don't know, I haven't really been on Scratch as much. And you can also find me on Plague Vamp's server, the Shadow Den, as Big R, which is a shortened version of Rhythm Vamp, which was his vamp name he gave me. And as for Plague Vamp, our occasional co-host, you can find him on YouTube and Twitch. Please support him. He needs um, all followers he can get. 
And yeah, anyway, thank you for joining us for this episode. We will see you um next week. Bye. Bye.